0: Welcome back to Living on Purpose podcast with Pastor John and Sam. This is season two, episode nine. Here's our next question. Some churches, in particular the Church of Christ, preach that baptism is a part of salvation. Is baptism a part of salvation? And if not, please show me from scripture. Okay,
1: so when you hear the Church of Christ, you might think, well, aren't we all churches of Christ? Well, there's an actual denomination called the Church of Christ. right? And they believe that baptism is indeed part of salvation as it relates to faith plus baptism. Okay. So we're not really going to get into a whole lot about that church or that denomination today. But I do want to give you a proper, what we call hermeneutic, when it comes to studying the Word of God and understanding exactly how we should study the Word of God. And so while there are some random verses that may appear at first glance to include baptism, as a part of salvation once you study the verse in its context i think you'll find that it's not supporting what i would call as an extra biblical claim and that claim is that baptism is a part of salvation so we would say that that's not true and so one such verse though that the church of christ uses and some people can get really confused over quickly is acts 238 so if you have a bible you can turn there if not, you can just listen to me, quote the verse, and then I'm going to break down the verse. But it would be important for you if you have a Bible to look at it right now, because then you can kind of visualize what I'm going through. All right, so Acts 2 and verse 38, this is the time when Pentecost took place in Peter preached a sermon and thousands were saved. It was an incredible moment in the history of the church. It was the beginning of the church and thousands are being saved. And so Peter preaches a message. And the people are convicted in the heart. The Bible says they were literally cut to the heart. And so Peter replies then, because they asked the question to him, well, what are we going to do? What should we do? And so Peter replies, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is where, if you read this just in an English-type way, you're going to see it saying repent and be baptized, and you're going to make the mistake in the connecting these two ideas together. Okay. Okay, so there's a debate that goes on over a preposition in this verse. And so the preposition is the word for. So if you look at the verse, and that's why I'm having you turn in your Bible to the verse, it says for the forgiveness of sins. And so people will look at this verse and see repentance and baptism for the forgiveness of sins. So the Greek word is the word, it actually is pronounced ice, Okay, epsilon, iota, sigma, and it's three letters in the Greek language, and it's pronounced ice. In the prepositional phrase, for the forgiveness of sins, I'm not going to read the whole Greek phrase, but you get the idea. Okay, so the for or because of, with reference to the forgiveness of sins is how it would be read, at least, um, how the preposition is used. Okay. So for, or because of, with reference to. Okay. So when you read this, you might ask the question, well, what does that really mean? And so I'm going to give you some options as to how to read this verse. And again, I think it's really important to understand, and this is something we talk about all the time. When you study the Bible, you must study the Bible in context, Mm -hmm. which means you don't just take one verse or one phrase or one idea You must look at what is before that verse or verses that you're reading and what is after those verses that you're reading. So, you know, this is an important hermeneutical thing that we talk about all the time. And for you in your Bible study, make sure you're reading passages of Scripture, not just verses. A lot of people like to take a verse and make a point or, you know, look at one verse and think, well, this is going to, you know, encourage me or challenge me. In a lot of times, and we've we've used examples like the example in Philippians about I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, that seems encouraging at first glance. And it is encouraging, but there is a context to it. Right. And so it's really, really important to read the Bible in its proper context, okay? And so there are some options as to how to interpret this verse. The first one is the false way, and that is, is that salvation is by faith plus the work of baptism, okay? So... We're here to tell you that that's not accurate. And so, baptism is indeed not a part of salvation. Now, again, our listener is asking me and us together really to prove this from scripture. So, that's what I intend to do. Sure. Okay. So, option number two is a grammatical thing in the language. Okay. So, the text, and if you're a, if you're an English junkie here, you're going to get, you're going to love this. This right? is your episode. This is your episode, right? If you're, if you're a grammatical person, you're going to love this, this part of it. Okay. You don't even have to know Greek to be excited about what I'm about to tell you, okay? It's all Greek to me. It's all Greek to me. There we <laughs> go. All right, so the, the text should be repunctuated in light of the shift from the second person plural to the third person singular back to the second person plural again, okay? And so you're like, whoa, and some of you that are <laughs> English people are like, yeah. Okay, so therefore, when you take into account the change in person and um, plurality, Essentially, this is how it should read, you, which is plural, repent for the forgiveness of your, which is plural, sins, and let each one, that singular of you, be baptized, that singular. Or, to put it in a more distinct way, you all repent for the forgiveness of all of your sins and let each one of you be baptized. And so, when you read it in the English, you don't get this, but when you look at the grammatical structure in the Greek language, you see the difference between the second person plural and the third person singular, okay? And so, such a view, I would say, is an acceptable way of handling that Greek word ice, epsilon, iota, sigma, okay? But it's subtly, and it's awkward, and so it probably is not the exact right interpretation although it, it could be this way it is accurate to say it this way so what I just said is not inaccurate it is accurate but probably because of its subtlety and its awkwardness this is probably not the best way to interpret this particular section okay option number three is what I would say is the best way to interpret this okay it's very possible that to a first century Jewish audience as well as the Peter and I'm about to make a point here that I think is really really important okay? It's really, really important because it's so easy for us to make the separation of faith and repentance and then baptism. A lot of people will call upon Jesus to save them and they haven't been baptized still. Mm -hmm. But baptism in the first century was very much connected to faith and repentance. Okay. And so the idea of baptism uh, to Peter and to the Jewish audience might incorporate both the spiritual reality and the physical symbol together, right? Not for salvation, but the whole process of obedience to God, right? So it's possible that Peter connects both closely in his thinking. It's it, This is clear from other passages, such as Acts 10.47 and 11.15 through 16. We're going to show you some examples in a little bit. But if this interpretation then is correct, then Acts 2.38 is saying, very little about the specific theological relationship between the symbol and the reality. In other words, it's saying very little about being um, causing them to be distinct from one another. Just putting them together is what I'm saying, right? Um, and so that's something that I think is very possible, not for salvation, but the whole process of obedience, right? And so historically, they would have been viewed together. What I'm trying to say is that in the first century... When someone got saved, they got baptized.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And almost in every case, it was immediately. Right. So they would just go to a lake or river and someone would uh, get baptized right then. I think of the, the Ethiopian eunuch. He's on the road. He's studying the Old Testament prophecies. And God brings Philip into his life. It's an incredible thing. And in that moment, Philip really expounds to him the word of God. And that eunuch, he calls upon Christ to save him. And Philip says, what doth hinder him to be baptized, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's he's believed. And so he goes into the water and he's baptized. And so in that first century, when someone got saved, when they trusted Christ and they turned from their sin, baptism followed immediately. We talked about this before in our gatherings. If someone got saved, it would make sense for us to let them get baptized right then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's, a, here's a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. If you trusted Christ? Yes. If you call upon Christ to save you and Him alone to save you? Yes. Do you understand baptism doesn't save you, but it's that public profession of what Christ has done in your heart? Yes. Okay, let's get baptized. Right. So we schedule baptisms, and I'm not saying we shouldn't do that too. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about that at the end of the podcast, but yep. I would say that when someone gets saved, they should get baptized, and the sooner, the better. And so That's really what was going on, I believe. I think he was tying these two things together because in the first century, they were always tied together. Yeah. And if you think about about it contextually,
0: like they were outdoors in this open area, right? Mm -hmm. Like very public. It was a public decision. Yeah. And then that proof of it going down into the water, that was a public declaration to everybody. So now you're held accountable to people, Mm -hmm.
1: right? Absolutely. That's really important because... You know, I can't see what's going on in your heart, but, you know, when you physically profess Christ in baptism, that's, you know, we we talked about this on Sunday a little bit. It's obligation and celebration, right? It's obligation in the sense that I'm showing myself that I'm serious about Christ. And then we celebrate the Church of Jesus Christ celebrates that Mm -hmm. in in that time period. And what I believe it is today, it's an entrance into the covenant community when you're baptized you're accepted into the covenant community and in particular into a local church. And so we don't necessarily let someone become a member after they've been baptized in our what I would say our americanized version of christianity only because we want people to fully understand doctrine mm-hmm. so we put them through discover manual but anyone who's been baptized they're strongly encouraged to partner with us sure because it's so important to understand this and so that's the best option i believe right like, option number two is not a bad option when you look at the grammar, but option number three seems to be the one that makes the most sense, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about why baptism is not a part of salvation in just a few moments, okay? So, in Acts chapter 2, and verse 38, it, it does make the most sense to translate this Greek preposition, ice, to mean, because of, or in view of, in not to translate it in order to or for the purpose of. Okay. Mm. So it's a good illustration of this. Okay. Have you ever, have you ever heard someone say, take two aspirin for your headache? Yeah. Sure. But you're not taking two aspirin for your headache in the sense the aspirin are going to cause you to have a headache. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. There's that preposition again for. Okay. And so you're not taking that for the purpose of getting a headache, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not about that. Instead, it's about because of, or in view of, because I have a headache, in view of the fact that I have a headache, take two aspirin. Mm-hmm. Not in order to get a headache, right? take two aspirin. right? Not for the purpose of the headache, take two aspirin. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's a bit ridiculous sounding. It's a bit ridiculous sounding, exactly right. One example of how this preposition is used in another passage of scripture is found in Matthew chapter 12. In verse number 41, where the Bible says the men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. Now I'm not gonna get into the whole context of, of what's going on in the passage. I just want you to see the grammar of this, okay? So it's the idea here for they repented, right? For they repented. It's the same, um, it's the same. Greek word that we're talking about, all right, and it communicates a result of an action. Okay, so in this case, it said that the people of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah. The word translated "at" is the same Greek word "ice." Okay, so let me find it again. Okay, for the repented at—that's the word, not the word "for," the word "at." Okay, so at the preaching of Jonah. All right, clearly. The meaning of this passage is that they repented because of, or as a result of, on the basis of Jonah's preaching, mm-hmm. okay? So, that's the result of the action. It's not in order to, or for the purpose of, it's because of, or in view of, right? That's what it. That's what it's talking about. So, clearly, the meaning of this passage is that they repented, again, because of, or as the result of Jonah's preaching, okay? And again, in the same way, Acts 2.38, it's communicating that on the basis of your repentance, your faith, a person should be baptized. Baptism does not save a person from his sins. I think it's really, really important that we understand that, okay? Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of reasons that I want to give to you as we close today. The first one is always the key to everything. It's what the Bible says. It's scriptural support scriptural support. And there's example after example after example after example in the Bible of verses that demonstrate that salvation is by grace through faith. It has to do with our repentance, not with any action such as baptism that would save us. John 5 and verse 24, it says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He is crossed over from death death. To life. There's another verse that I want you to read if you can. Yep. John 11, 25 through 26. Yeah. Uh, that says Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection
0: and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die." Do you believe this? So the focus is
1: on what? It's on belief. Belief, right? It's not. It's not. And it's a belief that's not just a knowledge of Jesus. It's It's really a focus of who Jesus is, an acceptance of who Jesus is, uh, a giving of ourselves over to Christ. But there's not this particular action that you're doing to be saved. It's not baptism, right? Mm -hmm. I love Romans 10, 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's nothing in there about baptism. It's our belief in Christ. We're confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart what Jesus has done on the cross. It's so very important. I think of Ephesians 2 and 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of good works, lest any man should boast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, Paul makes it crystal clear that's not by what we do. That's not how we are saved. Okay, so baptism would be a work. We would call it a work, right? right? It's a work of demonstration of what christ has done in our hearts Mm -hmm. it's an important work but it's not a saving work right okay another example is in titus 3 5 not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us Mm -hmm. the Bible's crystal clear not by what we could ever do we could never earn our way to salvation that's why by the way you can never lose your salvation i had a great conversation with a person recently and just trying to help this person understand that You can't lose what you didn't get on your own anyway right (laughs) nice and so titus 3 tells us that we're saved by grace it's not by our good works okay so scriptural support so again when you go to the word of god it's really important to understand that there are going to be what we would call troubled passages or verses randomly that are hard to understand and that's why you have to look at the totality of scripture and you have to look at the big picture of scripture And there's like a thousand verses that support salvation by grace through faith alone, and there's one or two or ten verses that maybe are troubled passages. Trying to figure them out, you're going to take the thousand over the five or ten, right? Right. Now I'm not saying you should. Right. Right. Now I'm not saying the five or ten don't have a proper hermeneutical interpretation. We should look at those things and understand them. But the point is, especially the example today in Acts chapter two and verse thirty-eight. It's very, very clear that salvation is by grace through faith. It's not by good works. Mm -hmm. Number two, a number number two reason why baptism doesn't save us. Well, how about that thief on the cross, right? I love that example, right? And by the way, examples in the Bible always support theology of the Bible. And that's why I think it's really important that we understand that even in light of baptism, it's not sprinkling a baby. or or a small child who can't make a decision on their own, it's immersion. Baptizo, the word literally means to put under the water. Mm. Now, the reason why we believe that is because the Bible gives examples of that. Mm. There is no example in the Bible of an infant being baptized ever that never takes place in the Bible. You cannot show me an example of that anywhere. And so that's why the thief on the cross matters, right? This is an illustration where Jesus literally looks at that thief who is turning to Christ and he says, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. He was about to die and he was going to be in heaven with the Lord Jesus when he died that day. And all he did was believe. And he believed he, he submitted to Christ. He believed he submitted, you know, there, I I believe he repented of his sin by turning to Jesus, but there was no baptism. He was never getting off that cross. He was never going to be baptized. Mm -hmm. And so clearly he's, in heaven with the Lord. And the third reason I, I like to show is the priority of the gospel. Paul's priority of preaching the gospel. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1 17, I did not come to baptize, I came to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so in that time period in Corinth, it was easy to get sucked into a celebrity kind of status. And the more people you baptize, the more prestigious you might be. And Paul warned against that and said, I didn't come to be prestigious. I came to preach the gospel. And so even Paul gives the priority that the gospel comes over everything. The good news that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, died on the cross for our sins, rose again from the grave. We believe that. We trust that. We look to our Lord and our Savior. We turn from our sin to him. And so these are all the reasons, right? Number one, the Bible supports the Bible. Number two, the thief on the cross. Number three, the priority of the gospel, Paul's example in particular. And so here's what I'll tell you. Baptism is really, really important to a person's journey of faith, but it does not save a person from his or her sins. It's faith in Jesus with the repentant spirit. That's what saves a person from his sins. And this is the fun part. December 17th at Emmanuel, we are having baptism services as a part of our morning gatherings. Mm -hmm. And so I'd encourage you, and Sam, maybe you can put a link in there or something like that. Yep. If you have not been baptized and you know Christ as Savior, this is your opportunity to be baptized. We'd love to get you to sign up for that if you're interested. And we just want to say again, baptism is really, really important, but I want to be crystal clear. It does not save a person from their sins.
0: Yeah. Yep. Check the link in the show notes here and you can click that to sign up to be baptized or ask questions about it. So. Thank you pastor john for your time on this question thank you for asking the question and we thank you for listening today have a great week